Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Wyatt Brown, and like always, we have a treat for you today. We have a very uh, important and genuine person in the studio today, as I would like to say. Uh, This particular young lady is the uh, founder and CEO of fashion and beauty tech startup uh, Nudist. She licenses uh, patent-pending skin tone matching technology to help fashion and beauty brands produce and sell products for women of all skin tones. She was named one of the Shopper Marketing Magazine's People to Watch in 2013. Uh, She's also led the digital brand marketing initiatives at Walmart U.S. uh, before graduating from Harvard Business School uh, in 2016 with her MBA. And she has experience working for Google, YouTube, Apple, and online ad sales, product marketing, and media roles. She's earned her BSBA from Washington University in St. Louis, where she started a full-service hair, nail, and tanning salon targeting toward multicultural customers while triple majoring in international business, marketing, and Spanish. She is a graduate of Phillips Academy in Andover, Massachusetts, and apparently, obviously, also a superhero. Create Your Life series family. I mean, three majors like that, that's how you're going to do it. Uh, Create Your Life family, please welcome uh, Miss Atima. Uh, Tima, please say hello to the Create Your Life series family. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, no, my absolute pleasure. Um Wow, that was that was a that was a lot. You know, <laughs> I, I commend you. This is a very impressive bio. Um, so it's a it's an honor to be in your presence. Now, when we met, uh, we were at the National Black NBA Conference uh, in Philadelphia. That yes. was some time ago. Now that I think about it, yeah, it was the uh, end of September, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, we just immediately hit it off. You had just won a business plan competition for fifty k. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the submit, like your pitch was so bomb. It, it was <laughs> it was so concise. Like, yeah, she's been here before. You knew how to scale. They, they had a couple questions for you. Not really, <laughs> you know, and you just you did such an amazing job. But I guess my first question would be is what inspired you to start uh, Nudist? Yeah, so the inspiration behind Nudist really comes from a personal struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so my background, my father is a refugee from what is now South Sudan, mm-hmm. and um, he has a very dark complexion. Um, and so um, I am the same, so is my the rest of my family. But I grew up in Topeka, Kansas, where there weren't a lot of people wow. who looked <laughs> like me outside of my sister and mm-hmm. my brother, essentially. Mm. 
So um, subconsciously taking in imagery of what beauty is supposed to look like mm-hmm. and trying to meet an Anglo-Saxon standard of beauty subconsciously, consciously, you know, throughout my childhood um, really is what the, the background that um, made me start to think about how can I change the beauty standards mm-hmm. so that they're inclusive of women of all skin tones. And so I started doing research mm-hmm. while I was going to Harvard Business School. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I knew that any problem that I would fix with a business needed to come from a place of extreme passion right. in order to make me feel excited, even when going through you know the ups and downs mm-hmm. <laughs> that come with entrepreneurship. Oh, yeah. Um, So I came across a very interesting statistic, the fact that 84% of the global population does not match the traditional definition of the shade nude. So Mm. nude hosiery, lingerie, shapewear, shoes, makeup, lipstick, all those things Mm -hmm. is not matching the global majority, which includes myself. So that's the inspiration behind our business. Mm -hmm. We started building a technology solution Mm -hmm. to make it possible for people people to find products that match their skin tone online. But I think most importantly, to speak the language of business, which is data, Mm -hmm. to empower brands out there with the information to say, hey, we're out here. (laughs) There's Mm -hmm. more than just, you know, middle beige people. There's pale women. There's dark skinned women like myself who deserve um, beauty products that Mm -hmm. uh, actually, you know, go with us that Mm -hmm. make us feel great instead of literally putting on the colonizer skin tone. Right. Right. That's not what we're trying to do. Okay. Uh, And so how exactly uh, do you all execute that? Yeah. So um, my team, it Mm -hmm. consists of software engineers. Um, Mm -hmm. The lead engineer is my younger brother, who is my absolute favorite person on this planet. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's got to be. He is. Um, So he actually got his degree in computer science from Morehouse College in Atlanta. And he graduated in 2016 from undergrad. I graduated with my MBA from HBS in 2016. So we both had this this summer off, if you mm-hmm. will, right after graduation. Right. And if you work with engineers, you know you need to give them an interesting problem that they find is fun for them to want to work Absolutely. on it. So um, we built what's called our MVP, mm-hmm. uh, minimum viable right. product. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Very important for people who are, you know, starting out a company using the lean startup model. Mm-hmm. Um, so he just built the first version and we started testing it. Um, it was a website where you could filter your skin tone based on a picture that you could take Mm -hmm. of your skin and we would show you lingerie and hosiery for -hmm. your skin. And we ended up getting a lot of press from that, a lot of people interested in it. And so that's how we decided to keep investing Mm -hmm. in this idea. We Mm -hmm. now have um, an offshore engineering team Mm -hmm. in Belarus, uh, which my brother manages while he also is pursuing a PhD in computer science at Purdue. Mm -hmm. So he uses the research time there in the lab to work on our skin tone matching technology Mm -hmm. and then also manage our engineering team offshore. Wow. Um, I noticed, you know, when doing research on you uh, that your company, Nudis, is is a newer name for the company. It was Mia Pill. Mm -hmm. Uh, Am I saying that correctly? You're not, but that's exactly why we had to change it. Okay. So (laughs) what's the real way of saying it? Yeah. So it used to be called Mia Piel. Mia Piel. Okay. Got you. Because I was curious that, you know, um, obviously an amazing concept that you have. 
what was the inspiration behind the name change and how did you even know that hey you know what it's time for me to pivot Mm -hmm, yeah Um, so I'll start with just the origin story for me, okay. APL. So gotcha, gotcha. it sounds, um, I think you mentioned, right, that I uh, was a Spanish major. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about like romance languages, like what is a name that could mean my skin? And mm-hmm. so uh, mi piel is my skin in Spanish. Decided to go with mi piel, which kind of sounded like a name. It sounded really fancy. But uh, the problem with it was that people didn't remember how to spell it, didn't know what it meant. Right. Um, and this was feedback that I got, let's see, when talking to customers, you mm-hmm. know, when you're first working on an idea, you need to do research, send out surveys, like get people's feedback. Yeah. And that was the main thing. They didn't know how to spell it and didn't know what it meant and or how to pronounce it. Okay. Um, so uh, when developing the second version of the technology, yeah, yeah. we decided uh, to look for a new name. Mm-hmm. Um, I always advocate having mentors. So okay. um, I had a couple mentors that had backgrounds in the fashion space, and they said, pick a name that has nude in it. Uh, and so just started thinking, <laughs> running through some different ideas. And I was actually inspired by the founder of Spanx mm-hmm. um, because it's a little edgy of a name, right. um, but it has to do with the product, right? Because mm-hmm. Spanx is shapewear for women, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know. Right. Um, and it kind of makes that sound when you like hit it against your skin, it sucks you in, right? And so um, I decided to go with something edgy like nudist, but mm-hmm. it's spelled with an E, not an right. I. So N-U-D-E-S-T, yeah. where the most nude have the most nude shades. Mm-hmm. Um, we are changing the definition of nude. So mm-hmm. kind of having that superlative in it <laughs> was yeah. what we wanted to do. Okay, I love it. And it's, it's interesting that you say that statistic was so high of 84% of people not having their right nude. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking as an industry, hmm, everybody looks has a, looks different when they're nude. So it's like mm-hmm. kind of like it would seem like it would be um, a, a no-brainer. Right. Well, I feel like some of the best startup ideas uh-huh. are those that seem like a no-brainer, right? That are simple, Absolutely. that are big massive problems mm-hmm. that someone should have tackled yeah. so i'm excited to do that and mm-hmm. people often ask me like how did this happen right. you know and you yeah, know i read it, you were an accidental entrepreneur so you got to tell <laughs> a little bit more about that uh-huh. yeah well okay so i think just speaking more about the industry and like how has the color nude been wrong for so long it comes mm-hmm. down to um you know who's in power and who's making the decisions mm-hmm. in beauty and in fashion mm-hmm. um, a lot of people don't know that it's really just four large companies that own 80 percent mm-hmm. of the beauty market mm-hmm. um that own all the different brands you know and so and these and the heads of these companies are not people of color right. um and the general thought has always been that people of color don't have the buying power mm-hmm. um aren't a customer that's worth serving mm-hmm. um but thanks to the rise of technology yeah. um the internet and mm-hmm people seeing themselves as individuals and not defining their beauty and what they're trying to attain Mm -hmm. uh, based on what they're told through limited media channels, but rather us having our choice of what we see, of who we follow, of who we decide, you know, we should measure ourselves against. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really made um, this movement of individuality very, very big. And skin tone is part of that. So, you know, a very skinny 
light-skinned, white, uh, blonde woman with blue eyes is is not the only standard of beauty. And I actually find that for us, our target customer is anyone who feels psychographically like they don't match that mold. And it turns out that's a lot of women. (laughs) It's Mm. the majority, vast majority of women. So we're very inclusive in that regard. You're talking about just individuality in in itself. Um, But the the patent pending technology, uh, you have something called the nude meter. Yes. Can you explain exactly how the nude meter works? And this is available now. Like, yes. you know what I mean? You can go out and use the nudist technology right now for those who um, need, you know, have this need. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so nude meter, it's exciting because it's a web application. And mm-hmm. so what that means is it's not on an app store. You don't need to download anything in order to use it. Mm-hmm. Really, you just need an Internet connection. So okay. whether it's from a desktop, a mobile device, mm-hmm. a tablet, um, you can go to our website, mm-hmm. N-U-D-E-S-T dot co Mm -hmm. um, and you can use it and the way that it works is um, you click a button that says get started Mm -hmm. and it brings up the camera on your mobile device Mm -hmm. or if you're on desktop it adds asks you to upload a photo of yourself Um, we ask you to be in plenty of natural light to take it of the back of your hand Mm -hmm. and then you click on the area of your skin you want to match Mm. And then after that, you answer three to five questions about mm-hmm. your tanning preferences. Essentially, this allows us to tell how your skin seasonally changes throughout the year. So if it doesn't change, we take that into account. But if it does, we definitely do. So we're able to give you the match of lingerie, hosiery, shapewear, shoes, and makeup that match you today. And then also what works for you for the four seasons of the year. Um, in terms of our monetization model, the way that um, we're making money is mm-hmm. we actually license this as software as a service yes. or SaaS. SaaS exactly. Mm-hmm. A SaaS product for brands and retailers. Um, and us being a web app is really great for that because then we can just put this on a page on a brand's website, website. and mm-hmm. go from there. Wow. And you know what I really appreciate is, is that you you didn't set out to go and create a physical product you're more so looking into the tech aspect of things which means that you can scale up so much quicker and Mm -hmm. you know really get those hands out there i love that um this is totally random it's something that i saw on your website which i thought was really cool but at the same time i'm like how does she manage this you have office hours on your (laughs) website where people can literally um schedule and talk to you yeah how (laughs) how sway like how (laughs) Uh, you're running the company you're you know of course living your best life you know trying to trying to (laughs) how how do you manage this yeah um well actually the idea for office hours um came out of a important need for mental health for me Mm -hmm. um i realized that i am the most happy and Mm -hmm. the most productive when i feel like i am giving back to others and while we are definitely doing that Mm -hmm. with the mission of our company, you know, changing the standard of beauty to match the full range of diversity in human skin. You know, sometimes when you're in the nitty gritty and the deep parts of it, looking at code, talking to an engineer, you know, it doesn't feel like you're getting the work done real fast. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. to give myself a quick win, I decided to have weekly office hours. Um, They're just for an hour. Mm -hmm. So 
anyone can give an hour of their time per week to mm-hmm. something that's important to them to volunteer and give back. Yeah. And thanks to a really cool app that I think you also use oh, for yeah. this. Calendly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Calendly. Yeah, Calendly all day. If you aren't using Calendly, <laughs> you're not living your best life. You're not living your best <laughs> life. I'm telling you, like, it, it has made the show so much easier because all you have, you know, it's a secret link. But, you know, <laughs> if you have that link, you go and schedule yourself and yes. we do all the follow ups. I'm just like, yes. Yes. You got to automate the processes, Everything. right? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> and it's great because it's still like high touch, right? You get mm-hmm. confirmation emails, all of that. Absolutely. So I have two slots per week. At mm-hmm. first, I, I wanted to talk to a lot of people. Yeah. So at first, I was doing like four 15-minute slots across mm-hmm. the yeah. two hours and – or sorry, the, the one hour. Yeah. And it, it wasn't it wasn't enough mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. time because, you know, you want to get in. You want to talk, you know. Yeah. Um, and you can sign up to talk to me on the phone. You give me your phone number mm-hmm. or um, your Skype name so that we can do face-to-face, especially if you're like international or something like that and people talk to me about everything um i've had business deals come through that way um from people who discover me but um i've also just had women who are in college talk to me about beauty standards and self-confidence um i have men definitely talk to me about the same thing you know so it's a great way for me to um give back because i think those are areas that i can help with you said something that i think is, is super important you know um of course, now I feel like there's like this big emergence of, you know, I'm black and I'm proud mm-hmm. uh, for a period of time there. I don't think that it was so prominent. Mm-hmm. And you're obviously a very confident woman. How did you maintain your confidence? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? In the, going through these periods of, of times or just moments of doubt that we all have, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. sometimes it could be uh, skin tone related, but sometimes it could just be like, you know, imposter syndrome where you mm-hmm. don't feel like you belong somewhere. So for you, you know, what are what are some of the the ways like you know if your parents instilled in you like however Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. what are some of the ways that you keep your confidence absolutely i'm so glad you asked this question um because a couple months back i had the opportunity to um give a talk to young women about Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome specifically Mm -hmm. um so really taking it back to growing up Mm -hmm. um for the parents out there um i really am so proud of my mom Uh, She has always been a black activist. She's very um, radical. She was a communist growing up. And, um, you know, growing up in Topeka, Kansas, she knew from day one, okay, I have these dark skinned babies Mm -hmm. in the breadbasket of America. Um, I need to educate them on where they come from. Mm -hmm. So every time we could do a book report or choose to study anything she had the encyclopedia africana mm-hmm. she would look up you know women men black people in history um that uh, we should um, look into and so learning my past learning um, all of the people from whom I have benefited and the, the mm-hmm. shoulders that I stand on. Absolutely. That is a big part of feeling proud and black. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing too is, you know, in building this company, mm-hmm. um, I've really had to focus in on my confidence right. because um, as an entrepreneur, really your company is an extension of your health. <laughs> Say that. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're not doing well, your company doesn't do well. That's true. You know, because there's a limited number of people. So you really set the tone. Mm -hmm. So to keep myself, you know, in good working order, Mm -hmm. um, the first thing I do is I do a lot of self-love techniques, right? I go to therapy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I go to therapy once a week. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely um, work on like 
pain management and posture. I do yoga. Mm-hmm. I do, um, you know, self-affirmations in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to music first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Definitely try to chance, channel some Beyonce, Rihanna, whoever <laughs> is inspiring me. Right. Uh, the second thing is, you know, I, well, the first thing I will say is that, you know, that self-love is number one. Yeah. And then it's about protecting that self-love and making sure that um, you have people around you. So that's mm-hmm. my next thing that um, are going to inspire you and encourage you. And when you're feeling low, remind you of that Mm. self-love. So whether that's, you know, my given family, they're very supportive, Mm -hmm. but also for a lot of people, it's chosen family. You know, I um, have had to cut out some friends who are more about competition over community. Mm. Um, I am around people who see my success as their success. And I try to be that same type of friend, you know, back. Um, So that community of support is crucial. It might be a teacher, it might be a, you know, professor, uh, someone in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the last thing I will say is um, it's definitely important to, um, to like look for resources that are out there to inspire you. Um, so I read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to Oprah's Super Soul Sunday conversations. I just try to keep everything spiritual and keep myself in good working order. Okay. What does your peer group look like? Like, who are some of the people, like, around you? You know what I mean? Because you, you touched on something that I, I literally just wrote that. You had to cut some friends out because they were more about competition versus community. That's deep. And a lot of people don't understand that. I have a policy or a theory, something that I live by, which is called uh, friendly competition, which means that I want to see you at your best because that means that that makes me rise. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But there's some people who don't get that where it's kind of like I have to stand at the top. And it's like, look, man, there's enough room for all of us. So for you, who are some of the people, you know, in your immediate circle and, you know, some of the things that they do? You know, yeah. you might have some creatives, might have some nine to fivers. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's, it's mixed up often. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what's really great is that I work out of an all women's co-working space here okay. in New York. Okay. Um, and I called? really it's called The Wing, if you haven't heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just under two years old. Okay. Um, you have to be non-male in order to come inside. So that means. <laughs> well, there are so many all men's clubs. So that's how a women's club was able to take advantage of discrimination against women. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, trans women are welcome. Non-binary mm-hmm. people are welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really view, you know, the people in there as my peers. Okay. Um, so a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of freelancers, mm-hmm. a lot of people creating their life, right? right. Um, that are doing things that are um, out of the box, untraditional, mm-hmm. might go against, you know, what their immigrant parents might have told them to do. <laughs> um, and it's really great because you can commiserate together mm-hmm. uh, with that type of group. Yeah. Um, but then I'll also say, you know, friends from before my entrepreneurial times of, uh, as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, I went to a boarding school. You mentioned it in my bio. I went to yep. Phillips Academy. Andover. Um, yeah, Andover. And mm-hmm. a lot of my best friends from that experience were like my family because mm-hmm. we were at the age of 14 not living at home. Um, and a lot of them live here in New York and they've known me for forever. So those are the girls that I can keep it real with. I can say, oh, I'm feeling down today. This didn't work or this test yeah. failed. Um, and so my peers are, you know, doing traditional things. Um mm-hmm. 
uh, as well, right? Um, and what I love about my friends is a lot of them have a similar background mm-hmm. or a similar worldview as mm-hmm. I do. Um, children of immigrants or, um, you know, feeling like they're givers and not takers. Mm-hmm. So even if they come from a place of tremendous privilege, like, you know, an elite boarding school or, you know, getting to go to the Ivy League, which, oh my gosh, was such a blessing and I couldn't believe it. You know, I was pinching myself all the time. Um, But those people, um, my friends are people who say, okay, how can I use this amazing opportunity Mm -hmm. to give back? If not me, then who? Who's going to fix this in my community or this in my world? Those are my people. (laughs) Those are my people. Okay. Last question before we go to break. Um, your brother works with you and oftentimes people say, you know what? You separate business from family. Obviously you two are doing a great job. And how much younger is he than you? Uh, he is three years. Okay. Three years younger. So what are some of your secrets? If you can just give us three, uh, you know, the secrets three to five actually that you, um, maintain and, and do. Uh, live by in order to make sure that your relationship stays fluid and that you all are still working towards a higher level of success? Absolutely. Um, Well, the first thing is goal setting, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Making sure that everyone on the team and especially the relationship with my brother, that we're very clear about where we're heading Mm -hmm. um, so that there's no, you know, um, I guess, confusion. um, Our priorities, you know, are are in check and are are in line. Um, So we understand that, hey, you know, I may not be able to go on this trip or do X, Y, Z because our goals that we're trying to reach with the business require a certain level of attention. Um, You know, one of the things that we like to talk about is the fact that um, there are less than 20 black women who have raised a million dollars for a startup or more. And so statistically, that means what we're trying to do is almost impossible. So that focus on, on goals is really, really big. Um, then the other thing is that, um, when thinking about my team and the people that I work with, um, motivation is, is, is crucial. So, so I believe that skills can be taught, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but motivation cannot be. Um, and so for keeping our team really cohesive and uh, working well, um, we always celebrate, you know, the wins. We talk about, you know, hey, you know, um, Emily did this on the Instagram. It was dope. Like everyone celebrate Emily. <laughs> you know, we're always uh, celebrating and putting on for one another um, because that motivation is is key. Um, and then in terms of working with family specifically, mm-hmm. Uh, my brother and I, you know, we we keep the love, you know, after every business meeting. It's so funny. I, this isn't even intentional, but I think it's just natural. You know, we'll be talking deep in business and then at the end, we'll be like, all right, love you, bro. You know, we'll be like, love you, sister. You know, especially if it's a difficult conversation where we might disagree. Mm-hmm. You know, we say, hey, I respect your opinion. We're both still trying to get to this goal. I love you. Um, and so I think for, for some people, maybe that won't work, but it works for us. Mm-hmm. I think that um, whoever you get into business with, it's like getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the trust has to be super, super solid. Um, and, you know, everyone that's around them also needs to be going hard for you and and for the company to mm-hmm. win. Because um, there will be times that, you know, you're really low, <laughs> 
you know, in the entrepreneurial journey. Um, And my brother and I have that same team (laughs) that's rooting for us. Mm -hmm. And so that's why our relationship, I think, really, really works. Um, We're here for each other. We respect one another. Mm -hmm. Our families are there for us when Mm -hmm. we're when we're feeling low. No one's letting us quit. I'm not letting him quit. He's not letting me quit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's how it's working. Okay. Now, I want to go a little bit deeper. You said you guys celebrate the wins, but let's say that there's a goal, right? You guys have a deal on the table. Now, you've gotten to the conversation and the contracts have started to flow where you're going back and forth in negotiation. Do you celebrate when the contract is in negotiation? Do you celebrate once the contract is signed? I celebrate when the contract is in negotiation. Uh, not everyone likes that. I was having that. this debate with, with one of my <laughs> friends uh, the other day. Okay, so go ahead. Please, please keep telling. <laughs> well, okay, so here's the thing. I think that when you are a little startup, right, mm-hmm. it is a very big deal when you have a big enterprise, big guy yeah. negotiating uh-huh. with you. Just okay. getting that seat at the table is mm. massive and is worthy of praise. Um The other thing, too, is that progress in a startup looks different from progress at a big company. Progress at a big company is very tangible, right, all the time. It's did you make those sales? Did you show up to work, you know, at at XYZ time? In startups, it's like a roller coaster. It's more, you know, you're making progress, but it's less linear like Mm -hmm. that. So you can't just measure it in this deal was signed today. It needs to be how many deals did I get? Even failure is a sign of progress. How many rejections did I get today? How many people told me no to this investment opportunity or to licensing my technology? That's success because that means I'm going out there and I'm hitting the pavement, you know? And in entrepreneurial pursuits, Mm -hmm. you definitely, you know, are going to experience rejection. So if you're not getting those failures and those rejections, you're not doing it right. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you right now is celebrate the progress and the failures because they're success too. Yes. All right. So you just, you know, you just widened my perspective a little bit. So (laughs) I know she's listening right now. So it's definitely going to be a conversation that's going to continue on. Well, beautiful people, I want to tell you this right now. If you are enjoying this interview as much as I am, then please stay tuned. Uh, We have uh, Atima here. Uh, Call into the station, 212-650-6903. We're going to cut to a quick musical break and we will be back. So here you are. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and we are back. One thing that I want to do today is I want to remind you that this episode of the Create Your Life series is brought to you by the National Black Theater in Harlem, New York, which is one of the oldest black theaters in the country, located at 2031 Fifth Avenue. They have two amazing upcoming shows, uh, Crowndation, uh, I Will Not Lie to David, which is uh, showing from February 21st to the 25th uh, this year. Um, which is a one-woman show where a daughter, 30 years uh, after her mother's passing, battles to unlock the secret purpose for her birth, hidden in the mysteries of her father's prophesied gift and a gift she never knew she had. And next up, uh, right after, would be a Serious Adverse Effect, which uh, it will be uh, at the National Black Theater from March 28th to April 1st. And it's an imaginative Afrofuturist drama about an unconventional scientist uh, who is on the cusp of a cure for a mysterious disease. Uh, you are able to purchase your tickets at www.nationalblacktheater.org, and we will be in attendance, so we hope to see you there. Um, now, let's get back to our guest, Ms. Atima. Atima, um, when we left off, you were telling us, you know, the secrets to uh, basically keeping your team in and celebrating uh, the wins. Um, 
I, I love that. You really dropped some jewels on us there. But something else that you said is that you keep your team all on the same page by celebrating and, and understanding the goals that you're trying to reach. What are some of the goal-setting methods that you use at Nudis to make sure that you all are uh, moving forward? Yeah, definitely. So the first thing is that we have one, you know, main, main goal, right, um, which is to license our skin tone matching technology to fashion and beauty brands. And one of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs experience is it's easy to get distracted <laughs> by Absolutely. other shiny, exciting things, <laughs> right? Super. <laughs> like you had mentioned earlier, you're like, oh, I love that you're building technology and not um, a tangible product, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Which is very legitimate, very important work, but it is not building technology. Right. So it's never getting distracted by other opportunities and mm -hmm. staying focused there. Um, but that's the overall big goal, right? We have different um, departments, if you will, that we work on, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Everything from managing customer success with the technology, so making sure businesses are happy. Um, we have our social media team and making sure that we're growing every month. Um, and then, of course, we have our development schedule, making sure that new technology, new features are rolling out on time. Um, so the other overarching advice I give is it's important to have actually weekly mini goals that relate to monthly goals and mm -hmm. then also have those tied into a quarterly goal. Um, so for example, um, increasing site traffic by 4% per month, right? Mm -hmm. um, and making sure that on a weekly basis, you're measuring that and mm -hmm. are seeing that you're getting there. And if you're not, understanding why you know i expect there to sometimes be mistakes or failures or whatever and you mm -hmm. figure out and test and learn as you go mm -hmm. um so that really brings me to that third thing which is goals got to be measurable you know mm -hmm. you got to be able to hold yourself accountable record it you know mm -hmm. so a different business model right which might be based on um you know a certain number of sales meetings you got to do right are you recording every meeting that you're taking are you you know writing down every time that you're actually going out there checking your funnel your sales funnel how many times you went out versus how many times you got the yes or the no right mm -hmm. um putting that pen to paper and making sure you're tracking it to hold yourself uh, accountable okay um you with the with the goals you, you got them you're setting them as a CEO, you have to wear many hats. Are you, do you outsource the social media team? Are you the social media team? Like, how does that, how does that work? Yeah, you know, great these different departments that you have going on. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, as with any early stage startup, at one point it was me kind of doing everything <laughs> mm -hmm, <laughs> except mm -hmm. for the actual coding. I can code very lightly on some front end stuff, but my brother does most of the back end and then I was doing everything else, mm -hmm. um, which makes a lot of sense in the beginning because you want to be close to every activity yep. of your business and you need to understand how it works or um, areas that need improvement. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say at the middle of last year is when I said, okay, it's time for me to start growing the team 
and start trusting people Mm -hmm. um, and handing some of this stuff off. Um, That was because, you know, we were making great traction, um, starting to have some success. So in order to grow and get bigger, um, I needed to, you know, not have complete control of everything and have some help. Mm -hmm. Um, So you asked about the social media team. We have um, two social media interns who work with us part time. um, And we also have um, a designer who does a lot of graphic design for us, oftentimes for social media, but for things for the website, the logo, things like that Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And then we have an editor, um, an editor-in-chief who uh, works at VH1 full-time, but works with us part-time as well to Mm -hmm. manage the the voice of the social media. Mm -hmm. And also she's starting to grow some... um, you know, articles in order to grow our um, thought leadership on our website Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, So it's so nice having sort of more of that customer facing or end user facing stuff Mm -hmm. um, in the um, control of, I will call her my right hand woman, you know, my brother is like my right hand man, and she's my right hand woman um, on that side of things, while my brother and I are working on really the core of the businesses, um, business to business functions. Mm -hmm. I think something that's often overlooked, especially when uh, people want to be CEOs or want to uh, run their own company, is the amount of thought and, and uh, strategic thinking, planning that has to take place in order to really keep your company afloat. Um, how much, if you have to give a ratio of when you're actually doing physical work, like, oh, you know what, let me bog down and do this versus actually thinking and thinking through stuff. What, what would you say that ratio kind of looks like for you? Oh, that's a great question. Um It's so funny because like the reason I love entrepreneurship is you learn so, so much. And that is one thing I did not realize Mm -hmm. was a part of my job, the thinking until, you know, I was deep in it and realized, oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm wasting my time if I'm thinking and not executing. And then I realized, no, wait, thinking is part of the part of the role. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's changed over time. Mm -hmm. Um, In the beginning, I thought a lot, a lot more, right? Mm -hmm. Because just having the problem at hand, right? Mm -hmm. The fact Mm -hmm. that nude does not match 84% of the global population's skin tone, right? Then you need to do a lot of research Mm -hmm. um, in order to find how are you going to satisfy this problem Mm -hmm. with a sustainable business model, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So it's looking through research, it's looking through feedback, it's, um, you know, to try and decide how are you going to make this work? It's doing testing, Um, testing different ideas, different um, models on people. Um, So at that point, oh my gosh, I would say probably like 80% thinking uh, for probably the first six months. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, today, now that it's been almost two years of having this business, um, I would say it's more like 60, 40, Mm -hmm. uh, 60 working and executing, 40 thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is an increase (laughs) from more recently you know i I mentioned that i decided to have a team start building more of a team with some help in the middle of last year Mm -hmm. um when it was just me on um, the business side i was executing a lot and so it's so nice to be at this new phase in my business where i can take a step back think and make sure that you know different aspects of our business are strategically moving in the right direction um while all of my fantastic team members are executing on the vision Okay. I want to switch it up a little bit and I want to ask you this. Um, How big was actually getting feedback from, you know, your potential, your target market 
in you getting to where you are now. I read some things online about you and that that was a huge thing, but I would like for you to elaborate on it a little bit if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's this thing, we, I know you, I'm sorry to cut you no, off, but please. you said, you talked about um, the, the Lean Startup, right? But in there, they talk a lot about vanity metrics, which is the important, why feedback from people that you don't know is so important. So please, you know, bless us with, you know, some of your experience. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's that's an easy one for me because it was so crucial mm -hmm. for us. Um, so in the beginning, started thinking about this while I was still a student in, in grad school. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually did think about wanting to make my own products. I thought I wanted to make my own footwear line of nude shoes. And uh, I learned um, in business school, taking entrepreneurial classes, that they said, well, you need to get feedback on your idea. The tendency is for you to say, oh, my idea is so cool and it's secret. I need yeah. to hide it and keep it close to the chest and not tell anyone about it. But guess what? Execution is incredibly difficult. So you telling people doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to execute and do it the right way. Mm -hmm. So um, what we did is I talked to entrepreneurs in residence at the Harvard Innovation Lab. I understand that not everyone has access to that type of, you know, um, um, panel of people of thought leaders to help you with your idea um, but you can um, go on to message boards you can tweet at entrepreneurs entrepreneurs investors are on Twitter you can access them get um, pitch their your idea and so a lot of people said mm, I don't like the footwear idea because what is your special sauce what is your unique advantage what is right. something you'll bring to the market no one else can mm -hmm. so that's what started pushing us towards skin tone matching technology technology is scalable as you mentioned mentioned at the start of the show, but it's also protectable with things like patents. Mm -hmm. um, it's intellectual property. Uh, so that's that was really crucial for us. Okay. Uh, well, now what we're about to do is jump into the dolphin tank. Uh-oh. Are you ready for this? I don't know. <laughs> uh, can you swim? I can swim. All right. So I, mean, I think you should be all right. Dolphins, are, you know, they're not uh, as dangerous as sharks. Yes, you know I, I, mean? I appreciate that. Okay, so you ready? This is rapid fire. <laughs> okay. Okay. Whew, all right. All right, yeah, like loosen up the shoulders. I don't even Come know what the now. questions are, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> kind of nervous. Okay. Um, top technology that you're using to make your business run smoothly? Oh my gosh, okay. Top technology, uh, Shopify. Okay. Um, Shopify is the best in class e-commerce platform, um, and that's what we use for our uh, own website and it is the uh, way that we have chosen to build our web application is with Shopify. Okay. Uh, favorite quote or model that you live by? Ooh, done is better than perfect. Um, oh, I like that. Because I'm a perfectionist mm -hmm. and which can be great but it's actually kind of terrible for entrepreneurs uh -huh. because um, you need to test and learn especially in software. You mm -hmm. know, I'm a software company so you got to test, learn, get things out of the door mm -hmm. before they're perfect. You know, that minimum viable product we talked about that. It's yeah. not about having pretty technology. It's about having technology that works in the beginning and figuring out what's wrong with it because you can spend hours making something look great that people don't like. Yeah, or that they won't use. <laughs> exactly. Uh, favorite or most impactful book you've read? Um, it's okay yeah. if you got a couple. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, this is kind of cliche, okay. but um, Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg was okay. so pivotal for me as a woman. Mm -hmm. um, the idea that, you know, women who went to my school, Harvard Business School, mm -hmm. um, were still 
um, becoming stay-at-home moms, uh, which is fine. That's a great choice to make. But you would assume if someone's going to drop $200,000 on a degree Mm -hmm. like that, that they probably were trying to build a career. And what are the systematic things that are keeping women from achieving the careers that they have decided that they want Mm -hmm. Um, and learning how to manage relationships? Um, I don't have children. I'm not married. But um, thinking about you know, putting my career first Mm -hmm. and not worrying about a husband that doesn't exist yet, kids that don't exist yet, Mm. compromising, um, you know, not taking risks because, oh my gosh, what would a husband think about, you know, a high achieving black woman? Like that might intimidate him. No, (laughs) none of that. Right. I think that really was um, game changing for me. Okay. Um, Last but definitely not least, no one can escape the show without uh, answering this question. Three jewels that you would tell someone looking to create their best life. Oh, okay. So the first one is not to look outside yourself, but to look inside yourself for what you were supposed to do with your life. Um, the idea for me to create this company came to me when I was meditating, which sounds really woo woo, but, um, I'm telling you, this was like the first time I ever meditated before. And it came to me that I was put on this planet to improve the confidence of dark skinned women and girls. And I just started having these tears in my eyes and I knew, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Not some outside measure of success. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay, you said three, right? Um, Okay, the second one is that um, if you're going to have a life partner, which you don't have to do, but um, if that's something you want to do, that person needs to be radically supportive of you. Um, Not just when it's convenient for this person's career, man, woman, non-binary, whoever you choose to be with. um, This person needs to see your success as their success, um, be willing to sacrifice for you to get to where you need to be. Um, I say this especially as a woman because the culture tells us to... um, you know, bend to our partners. It's kind of a default usually that we do, um, but it's about balance. Um, Yeah. And then the third advice for creating your life. Um, uh, This this sounds cheesy, right? Because I'm sure people have heard this advice before, but you want to find something that um, you're incredibly passionate about. You know, Um, I keep mentioning it, but, you know, the, the entrepreneurial or freelance or, you know, be your own boss life, it's hard. Um, it's a path that's not well-traveled. Um, it's not easily planned, right? It's very um, full of ups and downs and unexpected challenges. Um, so you gotta, you got to do something that makes you happy, um, that you can go back to and say, oh, yeah, this is the reason I'm doing this and I'm enjoying doing this. And that way you never work a day in your life, right, as they say in air quotes. <laughs> okay. All right, so what's next for you? Uh, yeah, what's next for you and nudist and yeah. Um, so I can't give extreme detail, but we have some new <laughs> user experience um, enhancements that are coming out, which I'm so excited about. But what I will say is that the goal mm-hmm. is to get even deeper in makeup and beauty. Um, we have a large company that we're talking to now mm-hmm. in partnership with another large retailer. <laughs> so we're hoping to um, get into the beauty space online with a large online retailer um, here soon. And uh, the other big thing for that is, you know, the startup CEOs, half of their job is fundraising. Yeah. So um, we're gearing up for another a round of funding. Um, as of today, 
we're surviving off of um, a friends and family round of capital. And then, as we mentioned, um, you and I Mm -hmm. met at the National Black MBA Association Startup Competition. And thanks to the awesome people at FedEx, we got $50,000 of free Mm -hmm. money, which is so helpful, um, which has been great. But time to raise more money for for our engineers. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Um, How can we keep in contact with you? Yeah, so you can find the company on Instagram, um, N-U-D-E-S-T dot co. Um, That's also our website, N-U-D-E-S-T dot co. Um, And you are welcome to sign up for my office hours. Uh, You can actually find those um, on our Instagram as well, but um, N-U-D-E-S-T dot co slash office dash hours. And we can chat one-on-one. Happy to talk about anything. Okay. Well, Atima. Now that we've completed the Dolphin Tank, it (laughs) is uh, time for the turnaround. And Create Your Life family, you know what this is right now. That means that Atima gets to ask me any three questions uh, that she likes, and I have to answer them. This is totally unscripted, and here comes pressure. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to call this Shark Tank. I'm not going to be as nice, though. Just kidding. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. All good. Um, Biggest regret. Wow. Ah. Biggest regret, um, I had the opportunity to go and play basketball overseas, and I just didn't even go to the tryout. I was just like, I don't want to go. In hindsight, I feel like I should have went and just played for like two years because like I would go to open gym uh, with guys who were already playing, and I was like destroying them, and I was out of shape. Mm. Um, so there's that and the fact I said that I wanted to move out of the country uh, a few years back and I didn't do it so that's something that still might uh, that still might happen but I, w- I wish I would have did it a little bit younger so not necessarily regrets just things that I probably would have did differently that's good yeah everything's a learning opportunity yeah. <laughs> awesome uh-huh. um, what are the three things that you have taken from building this podcast and this radio show mm-hmm. what are like the big lessons that you can share i think that number one you have to believe beyond the shadow of a doubt and you're going to have to do the work when you when it is not convenient and you have to show up and i think that that that's what helped us get to 100 episodes that no matter what no matter what other changes are happening you know if it's new year's eve if it's christmas eve if Everybody calls out sick if your guest doesn't show up, if your guest shows up a half an hour late, you know what I mean? No matter what, if you ask somebody and they reject you, you still have to do the work. I think that's one of the biggest ones. One of the biggest things that I love that I keep hearing from the guests is is you got to do something that you're passionate about and that you actually care about. Yeah. I think that that's huge. And you said, I think also you have, you set the standard. And for me, what that means is, is that you set the expectation as well. And for me, excellence is the bare minimum. Now, excellence can the bar for excellence can be raised. But, you know, as close as we are to this this syndication deal, you know, I said that two years ago on our two year anniversary. I said that before two years, we are going to be nationally syndicated. I said that two years ago in our two year anniversaries on March 13th. I am racing hard to get this thing signed before March 13th. But that was the expectation. And so I follow through with that same expectation. And I just think that 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 is so important. You have to create a standard and everybody else who comes into the arena, they need to live by it, um, who's going to be working with you. But you also 
you know, you have to offer an experience and make people want to show up. And that's a part of being authentic as well. So. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's so great. <laughs> I love that. You said we will be nationally syndicated. Yeah. That's fantastic. Two years ago, I'm like, <laughs> we got to make this happen. I'm, I'm counting down a day. That's you huge. Know? But it's just, you got to keep showing up. You know, that's that's the biggest thing. Showing up is like 90, 95%. Yes, absolutely. Know, staying motivated. Yeah, that's huge. Flip. And on the theme of showing up, mm-hmm. um, you talked a little bit about rejection. Yeah. Um, this is a selfish question, you know, as I get ready to hit that next round of hey, fundraising, it's all good. which is all about, you know, getting rejected more than you get accepted. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with rejection? Ooh. Um, as a matter of fact, I just applied to a program and didn't get in. Um, which, you know, was cool. It was a program that I really wanted to be in. And I just looked at it and I said, you know, it, it, that would have been a distraction from what it is that I'm really trying to do right now. So oftentimes I'm, I'm of the mindset of, you know, you're lost my gain. Yeah. And so I'm just looking at it from a different angle. Um, I think that the only way to really fail is if you don't, is if you quit. So sometimes it's just a matter of moving around. And I always have this thought in the back of my head is, is like somebody might reject you right now. That's because they don't know who you are. And it'll they'll either, it'll either come full circle and they'll be asking for your help or, or to to work with you. Or they'll have have respect for you or they'll find out not too far after they've rejected you and say, hey, you know what? I would like to give you this opportunity or something like that. And sometimes you have to take the back, you know, the back way in. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, I can I can elaborate on the story once it's, it, you know, the, the just the whole story with the syndication deal. Yeah. But just to tell you about rejection, I've been going after this particular network for over a year. I got rejected by four different channels there, by three different channels. I went to a fourth channel, which is a smaller, um, which is a smaller one. And so from there, you build up there and then you, I, I'm going to come to them later and be like, look, this is what I have. Yeah. Right. And it's just. That's that's just a part of the experience. Another uh, example about rejection is is that I just started my speaking career and I called this gentleman, and you know I was asking him for some advice. You know he he knew we had a mutual friend. I was talking to him and you know I was really just a student of the of the speaking game. And so you know I reached out to him. He was in my same market. You know another fellow uh, black man. You know I'm talking to him. And I'm asking him questions. And so then he wants to he basically wanted me to buy a program that he had. But yeah. it was literally based off of a book that we had both read. So he was literally trying to sell me the book in another way. And I was mm. I thought that was kind of lame. But he low key. He didn't curse me out, but he he really told me off that I wasn't serious and that I wasn't, you know, down to be um, a, a speaker. I was I didn't want to invest in it and what it took and all of this stuff. And I was so upset. Like, I'm, I mean, furious. Yeah. But my friend was there with me, and so I didn't respond. Fast forward two years, we're sitting, we sit at, we're on the same bill at the same conference speaking. <laughs> and we sit down at dinner with the, the people who had the company. And he had to pull me to the side, and he had to say, you know what? I apologize because I didn't know who you were, and I didn't know how serious you were about this. Yes. And now to this day, he wants to be on this show. Wow. You know what I mean? So there, it, it'll come back around. So rejection, you know what I mean? It's not final. You I know? agree with that. And so the the real key is just not to internalize it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I will say like in my younger days, I definitely internalized it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I wanted to lash back out. But mm-hmm. it's really, you know, your ability to, to keep your peace 
and to keep your class about you in those moments where things might not be ideal mm -hmm. and to come back. And you once you keep your face, then, you know what I mean, they have to come uh, back to you. So as you go into this next round, don't internalize the rejections, I would say, and just uh, keep moving forward. You know, everything is not for you, but something is. And that something, you know, nobody could take away. So it's going to come. That's what that's what I would say. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that advice. And I think it ties really into what we were saying earlier in the show mm -hmm. about failure being a measure, a metric of success. Mm -hmm. um, you're growing, you're pushing yourself. And, you know, when you were rejected at first by this large radio station, um, you just found other avenues and you kept going. Right. You kept pushing to make it happen. And you, you created your life. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Find a way to make one. That's the way. Well, beautiful people, it's been an amazing day. Uh, please, you know, follow, keep up with Atima, and, uh, you know, tune in next week. Atima, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. Awesome. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York, or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. 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 You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life.